Nikki is going to come and bring us our reading. Our reading this morning is taken from Acts chapter 16 and starting at verse 6. Paul and his companions travelled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, Come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, thank you very much. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, wherever we are, we pray that you would quieten our hearts now. You'd open our minds and you'd touch us afresh with your power and enlighten us through your Holy Spirit. In your name. Amen. Well, as we said, we've come today for the last in our series on uh, Holy Spirit. We've travelled a long way, but today we reach that point where we always reach, where we ask ourselves the question, so what? So what? What difference has all of this made to us? What's new? What's our new beginning? Uh, last week, um, you may remember, I, I wasn't here um, because I was in Switzerland for a wedding, which was extraordinary. It was memorable for all sorts of reasons. But it also reminded me again that at the heart of every relationship is one word, love. And when we love someone, we want to spend time with them. We want to listen to them. We want to talk to them. We want to give to them. We want to receive from them. We want to please them because we want to spend time with them to get to know them better and better that that love may grow. So let me ask you a different question. Is there someone here who has done something wrong? Ever? There's one. No, no, there's a few more. Good. I didn't even say this morning. We've all done something wrong. What does Romans 6.23 say? We all know. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All have sinned. So is anyone here grateful that God has forgiven? Ah, you see, now that got a quicker response. You know the answer to that one. Good. So is there anyone here who loves God because he forgives? 
Yes, okay, we're getting there. We're getting the hang of this. I'm watching you at home too, don't you forget. The live chat should be bristling with hands at the moment. So we love God because he's forgiven us, because we know that we've done things wrong. It's logical, isn't it? It's that progression of thought. So do we love Holy Spirit? Yeah, you see, we're a bit ambivalent about that one, aren't we? So why haven't we got our hands up? Let's remind ourselves of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. You've just told me you love God. So we love Holy Spirit. We love the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And the person of the Spirit indwells us at the point of our conversion. I'm just going over old ground here. I hope you've noticed that. We have a habit of locking the Spirit away. Trying to live under our own steam. And that means that even though the Spirit is with us, we have a habit of doing things in our own way. And we miss out on the blessings that God wants to bring to us. And then we've learned that the Holy Spirit, through those blessings, gives us gifts, and we have the fruit of the Spirit. And they they were different, weren't they? The fruit of the Spirit, those sort of characteristics of life. Peace, patience, goodness, kindness, self-control. And then we have the gifts when we do something for God. We're gifted in accomplishing something to grow the kingdom of God. And so we may be incredibly patient. And that's a fruit. And that means that we're gifted in teaching and administration. We might have wonderful self-control. That's the fruit. Which gives us the gift of being a great negotiator or mediator. Gifts can be given for specific circumstances, particular occasions. But we also live by the power of those gifts. And if we don't use those gifts, we lose them. I was so embarrassed last week. I was in Verbier, which is the French-speaking part of Switzerland. I used to work quite a lot in France and got to a point where I could actually have a conversation with other agents about what I was doing. Someone came over and literally asked my name. I'd lost it. Completely embarrassing. I haven't had to go to France, really, for about 15 years, and I've forgotten how to speak. Deeply embarrassing. But you see, if you don't use a gift, you lose it. We have the gift of the Holy Spirit. We need to use it. And the gifts help us proclaim the gospel of Christ. So we all have Holy Spirit. 
So we come back to that first question. So what? Are we using the power and discernment that we have from God? Do we want words of knowledge here in Monash Church? Do we want the gift of tongues? Do we want the gift of interpretation? Do we want the gift of administration? Do we want the gift of hospitality? Do we want the gift of teaching? Do we want the gift of evangelism and preaching the Word of God? Do we want all of those things? You can put your hand up if you want. Okay, three of you do. Four, five, it's growing. The Holy Spirit is moving. Liz shared uh, a little about um, your time at New Wine and how you prayed for certain things and then different people would bring words to her the following day. And we all sort of sit here and go, wow, that's great, that's really exciting. But we do so on the basis that that's for Liz and not for us. But the Holy Spirit wants to do that for every single one of us. God's Spirit indwells within us and is able to speak and touch and empower and excite every single one of us. And as I've been uh, looking at my emails since that New Wine conference, so I've had email after email about how people were touched at that conference. (laughs) Just a pity I wasn't there. And the passage we've read this morning should give us comfort and discomfort at the same time, how often that is the case. Paul has been travelling around the area preaching to new gospel communities. And he thinks at this point it's good, really logical to go in this one direction. And he, he thinks he'll go to Asia. And the Holy Spirit says, no, 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 you're not going to Asia. Oh, okay. So they come to the border of Mysia and they try to enter Bithynia and the Spirit says, no, 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 you're not going there either. Paul, being led by the Spirit of God, is being told, no, how does that work? Surely the Spirit's about, go on, off you go and do things. But on this occasion, the Spirit says, no. And then he has, I don't know what, Is it a vision? Is it words? Is it a compelling thought? Is it people prompting him? I'm not sure. But they want to go to Macedonia. Here he says it has a vision of the man of Macedonia standing. Come and help us. If we'd have gone on in our reading, we will have seen that as soon as he gets to Macedonia, he goes to the place where he thinks... They uh, are sitting to speak about such things. Very often it's at the, uh, the town gate uh, where the men spend their time sitting and talking. And there he meets a woman. This is exciting already. He meets a woman called Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth, really influential in her community. And she's converted. And she believes in God. And she invites Paul back. And he spends time with her. And they set up a house church. And hundreds of people come to know God through Lydia. 
Now, why was Paul told to go to Macedonia to meet Lydia? Tricky question. In order that the gospel of Christ could grow and the kingdom of God would be planted in Macedonia. As uh, when I went, it's a slight digression now. Um, There's always the best parts, aren't they? The digressions. Um, but when I went for my ordination, tra- a training, before training, you go to a, what's called a BAF. It's a bishop advisory panel. Uh, and you go to either try and convince them that you're really suitable uh, to be ordained, or you go uh, to be told that you're really unsuitable <laughs> to be trained. Uh, and I went, I have to say, quite in a relaxed manner, because um, on day one they said, so it's really good that you're here, David. What are you trying to find while you're here? Which I thought was a good question. And actually I said, well, you're part of my discernment process. I don't know what the next step is. But over these next three days together, I pray that we'll find out what that should be. All I wanted to do was do some theological training. And I ended up in a different sort of training. When uh, I was at home, just before I was, uh, well, I was in that sort of process of retirement, I gave my firm three years' notice, so I had plenty of time to think. Uh, but in that time, uh, I was asked, well, what do you want to do? Uh, the archdeacon asked me, so what do you want to do when you retire? What sort of shape does your ministry have? Uh, and I said, well, it has three things. I'm going to move further west from Guildford so that it's easier to get to Devon, which is where we love to go. Uh, Secondly, I'm going to be part-time. And thirdly, I'm going to be an assistant in a sort of team ministry, because I think that's, you know, I love teamwork, and that's where I think uh, I will end up. And he nodded and smiled at me. Two years later, I'd failed on all three counts. I don't know why I say that really, but other than to say that where the Spirit leads, we follow. And that is a new beginning. It's a new beginning for me and I'm still cutting my teeth. That is fairly obvious to you. But together, we will find out where the Spirit wants us to go. And together, God will move in the parish of Wanish and Blackheath. Because wherever we see in Acts, the Spirit moves and the Apostles follow. Let me tell you a little bit about the power of the Holy Spirit. And I could point here, the obvious thing to do would be to go to the Gospels and look at Jesus. Because that is ultimately the power of the Gospel. But let's look at Acts, shall we? Chapter 2, the Spirit comes and the Apostles speak in different languages. Oh, the joy of it last week, to be able to speak French. Acts 3, Peter heals the crippled beggar. Chapter 4, Peter challenges and takes on the Sanhedrin, a fisherman, a fisherman challenging the religious hierarchy. Chapter 5, the apostles heal numerous people. They're arrested and the spirit comes and the doors of the prisons come open. Miraculously. 
Have you ever um, heard Brother Yoon speaking about it? Brother Yoon from China, who was imprisoned, woke up one night and all the prison doors were open. And he walked through the prison. There were guards on the doors and he walked straight past them as if they didn't see him. And he went to the entrance of the prison, got in a car which was waiting, and they drove him home. Miracles still happen. That was another digression. Uh, chapter 8, Philip, Philip led to the Ethiopian. Chapter 9, Saul converted on the Damascus, Damascus road. Ananias led to him through a vision. Chapter 10, Peter sees a vision which allows the gospel to be taken to the Gentiles. Do you remember the food being let down? Don't call anything impure that God has made clean. Chapter 12, Peter has another miraculous escape from prison. Chapter 13, Paul is given miraculous insight while temporary blindness is put upon Elimus. They all spoke boldly. Huge crowds came to hear them. Again, chapter 13, they heal the lame and the, the sick and they preach to hundreds. We haven't even reached chapter 16, which is where our reading came from. Do you get the feeling already? The Spirit is a worker of miracles. The Spirit is exciting. The Spirit changes life. It makes all things new. Do we want to see revival amongst our community here in Wanish, Blackheath, Shamley Green, Bramley, Shalford, wherever we are? Yes, we do. Thank you. We really do. I hope you heard that on the live stream. We want to see our eyes opened, other people's eyes opened to see the vision of God. We want to see their ears opened to hear the word of God. And it's my job to be in touch with the Spirit of God. And I need to set aside time to do that. But like many of you, I suspect, I look at my diary on a Monday morning and I say, that's embarrassing, I haven't got anything in on Wednesday. And I suddenly fill it up. Why? Probably because I'm aware of my church warden coming to see me with a long list of things to do. But actually, I need that time. We all need that time to sit and reflect. This is Passion Tide. Two weeks until we reach Easter Sunday and the celebration. Two weeks of pain and agony and distress. Why? Because God loves us and he wanted a new beginning for his people. We need to give God time to speak to us. We need to do what the Apostles said to every person. Repent and believe and the Spirit of God will come upon you. We call on the name of Jesus to be indwelt with the Spirit of God. Then, like the Apostles, we might be able to achieve just those same things not necessarily speak and 3,000 people will be converted. Who knows? Let's have a soapbox at the Wanish Fair, shall we? See the whole fair turn. Will they see visions? Will they speak in tongues? 
Will they have administrators, hospitality people? Bless you for all your hospitality, Liz. Will they share our possessions day after day? More and more people coming to Christ? Because they've been shown the way of the cross through the lives of the people of God. We are the people of God. Will we as a church, a habit, to form a habit, they say takes three months. And you get in a habit. That's why the pandemic has been so, it's two-sided, isn't it? It's been wonderful the number of people that we can reach through the power of technology. But it's been quite difficult because people have formed habits. And the habit is to be in a dressing gown with a cup of coffee sitting on the sofa. For many. That's not a dig. That's just a a wide uh, across the church comment. Will we as a church over the next three months form a new habit to create a new beginning? Will we commit to asking God to show us the way forward? Will we commit to seeking the Holy Spirit to be in our lives every day so that that becomes a habit born out of practice and belief? Where is our journey leading? What do we need to stop? What do we need to begin? Where is God leading us and how does God want us to get there? And we need to seek God through prayer through quietness, through time, through discussion, to find God's path and walk in it. We want to add to the number of people here in Wanish and Blackheath who follow Christ as their Saviour and their Lord. And it is the power of the Holy Spirit that will do that. And it depends upon each one of us opening our lives, opening up to the Holy Spirit and allowing God to indwell and work through us. Then we can walk God's path because we will hear his voice. We will see visions. We will speak in tongues. We will interpret other tongues. We will have overwhelming feelings. We will wake up in the night and think, I really must speak to Sophie. And the next morning when we speak to Sophie... She will say, you have called just at the right moment. Because that's what the Holy Spirit can do. And will do through his people. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for you as Father, Son and Holy Spirit. We pray just as you have forgiven us, so we thank you and love you so much. We love every part of you. We pray that we may open our lives again to your Spirit, that you may fall upon us, that you may empower us as you indwell us, that you may send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and to work to your praise and glory, now and forever. Amen.